Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Accountability in government is not a nice-to-have, it's a must-have. That's why I'm voting for Tracy Miller for King County Board, District 4. As a mother and businesswoman, she understands the middle class. She's fighting to keep property taxes from going up and to keep us, the citizens, informed of what's taking place. I want a voice in county government that listens to me. That's why I'm voting Tracy Miller on November 3rd for King County Board, District 4. Paid for by friends of Tracy Miller. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Good morning, Aurora. I am Brenda Rogers, candidate for Kane County Recorder of Deeds. As your next recorder of deeds, I will protect our taxpayers' investment, bring awareness to the position, and do outreach to our residents and veterans. I am asking for your vote during early voting, mail-in ballot, or on November 3rd. Vote for Brenda Rogers, Kane County Recorder of Deeds, paid for by Citizens for Brenda Rogers. Rise and shine. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. It is Tuesday, the 20th, October 2020. November 3rd is fast approaching. You are listening to the second largest city's first daily news podcast, and we have a fantastic interview today. We're going to learn a lot, talk about a lot with our sisters from Raiz and representing Raiz, uh, Giselle Gonzalez and Sandra Gonzalez. No relation, no relation. (laughs) Is the clap for the no relation or is the clap for who we got on as a guest? We don't know. We don't know. Y'all figure that out. So um, we are going to be talking about a number of things this morning. Uh, But first of all, for you sports fans, we ain't got no sports. So as we were just chopping up before the mics came on, some teams won, some teams lost. That's life, baby. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Somebody played something. That's right. And they're doing better with COVID than the rest of the country is. So that highlights priorities. That's the word of the day, priorities. Mm -hmm. All right. The current temperature is 39 degrees. It looks like the high temp today will be 54 degrees. That'll be reached at about 1 p.m. Uh, yes, well, very somber, cloudy day. Kind of like um, Nirvana's album, the one right before In Utero. Uh, Wednesday, tomorrow, it's going to be 57 degrees. Also, it's cloudy. Now, listen to this. Thursday and Friday are going to be very rainy, but yet 77 and 61 degrees, respectively. So, it sounds like it'll be muggy. You know, really, right, really humid, 
you know, like my auntie would say, hermit. It's hermit outside. Like hermit crabs, mom, or, you know, auntie. All right, now, news. The next rounds of the change initiative sessions are, excuse me, as follows. This Thursday at Main Baptist Church, 814 East Galena. The 29th, Impact Church, 4054 Fox Valley Center. And November 5th, also a Thursday, Society 57 at 100 South River Street. Each 90-minute listening session will begin at 6 o'clock p.m. Uh, you can join Mayor Richard Irvin and Aurora Police Chief Kristen Zeman and or Deputy Chief Keith Cross and other city officials on these sessions. Okay, uh, The session on October 15th and going forward are conducted with full Spanish translations. And if you go to the city's websites, you can uh, listen to and access the episodes with Spanish translation. For more information and to register for these sessions, you can go to aurora-il.org change, me, slash change to register, and you have to register. You can't just show up and go there. So please register. Come out and take part. Um, the Sugar Skull City promotion is still going on. Uh, you've noticed all of the lovely Katrinas. What? Roll the R's good today. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's all the artwork in the window. It looks uh, very good. Thank you, my yes. Spanish teacher. Thank you so much. <laughs> Got a star. Yep. Um, uh, Estrella, right? Estrella. Estrella. Well, yeah. And then, then tore it up right there. Another star for <laughs> A for effort. Yeah. Um, now, the this is a crowd-free initiative. It's a lot of art taking uh, place, looking at things, and going to uh, frequent some of the storefronts and the windows that they have. So you can go dine and shop and also check out the good art. Okay, and this is to honor the Mexican tradition of Day of the Dead. So please go out, take your favorite pics, and um, I'll tell you what, if you send your favorite pics to us on Good Morning Aurora, hit the DMs with those, you know, we'll shout them out, post them, and give you a little bit of love. All right. Now, the change initiative sessions are important, but also what's important is the CDBG Community Development Block Grant that has already been available since the 5th of this month. AuroraTechIL.org slash Neighborhood Redevelopment is how you access that. We've posted that link. We'll make sure that we repost it again for you guys. They have to be submitted by 4 o'clock p.m. on Monday, October 23rd. Shout out to... Uh, Investor Aurora and also the Aurora Regional Chamber of Commerce and the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce as well. Mayor Irvin hosts a special conversation with Michael Frerichs, the Illinois State Treasurer, building greater financial independence through IL ABLE, accounts for people with disabilities and other financial programs. This is going to be today at noon. It's live on the City of Aurora's Facebook page and it's in collaboration with the Aurora Advisory Commission on Disabilities. So, Thank you. That's very nice stuff to do. All right. Um, now, I'd be remiss if I did not mention that it is still Domestic Violence Awareness and Breast Cancer Awareness Month, as we've told you for a while now. You can take part by either volunteering or donating to two fantastic organizations. One is Mutual Ground. They're always doing great things and have been for the community for a long time. And the other is Healing to Healthy. And that's with two wonderful ladies by the name of Susan May Romano and Amy Downing. Uh, they make camisoles for women, and they also highlight the importance of getting mammograms. Please take part if you can and help out those two fantastic organizations and simply uh, show some love. I think it's the red ribbon for, or excuse me, the purple ribbon for domestic violence awareness and pink for breast cancer awareness. Mm -hmm. But my color's right, too. All right, all right. Very positive and good stuff. So, 
Um, other than that, oh, the Women's March that happened recently. Uh, saw good things and heard good things. Shout out to all the people involved in um, representing for women. And that was in Oswego. That was in Oswego. All right. And with that, that's the news. That's the news. So now we're going to get into our interview. The good stuff mm-hmm. with our friends from Ray's. Good to have you ladies back. Thank you. Good, good to, to see you here. again. Yes. Good to see you again. <laughs> Both of y'all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yep. Like, you know what, Kurt? Come on. Part six. Come on, bro. <laughs> Out here early in the morning and stuff. Uh, but we're glad to have you ladies back. Mm-hmm. So having you both um, talk and tell your stories and everything and also the work that you are doing, have done, and continue to do mm-hmm. is very important. You're both running for positions on the Wabonzi Community College Board, but you've been involved in the community since way before. Mm-hmm. So for those who may just be tuning in and seeing you ladies, uh, real quick, tell us who you are, where you're from, and uh, what you represent, what we're here about. We'll start with you, Giselle. Yeah, definitely. So good morning, everyone. My name is Giselle Gonzalez. So I currently work as a Raiz Fellow for Planned Parenthood of Illinois. Um, I also work as a legislative assistant for state representative Karina Villa, um, and I've been a community organizer at heart. So I run two nonprofits here in the, in the community. Um, I am on the board for the Aurora Rapid Response Team, which Sandra will mention. Um, and I am also a business owner here locally. So I'm really kind of grassrooted here into the community. I'm the daughter of immigrants. I'm a first generation, um, Latina here. And so, um, doing the work that we do has always been very crucial, very important. And so um, I know once we get into the topic, I think we'll, we'll talk about why we, we do this work. But um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Okay. Yeah. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sandra Gonzalez. I am the executive director of the Aurora Rapid Response Team. Um, I do have done some work with RAIS by way of the fund that we will talk about later. Um, I'm also, I also run my own small business, um, translating on the side. I'm a PhD student. Um, I used to work as a Spanish teacher for five years and then moved on to focus on my studies. Um, I also am with the sideline project and numerous other things that I could go on about, but, um, I'm just happy to be here. I've lived in Aurora for, this is my fifth year and i don't plan on leaving i really want to stay here um yeah looking at buying a house in probably 2021 so planning on staying here so i i just love the community and i want to continue to be here and being able to help as much as i can good good very cool um so what's it like uh being community members and now running for positions uh um so i I think there's this term, especially with academia, but now I guess it's definitely come up as running for office is imposter syndrome. Um, that feeling of you feeling like you're not supposed to be there, mm-hmm. especially as Latinas, yeah. as um, also the first in our families to go to college. Um, and I'm also the oldest daughter of mm-hmm. Salvadoran migrants. and. I sense that for me, there's just still this lingering feeling. And I think it's always going to be there from conversations that I've had with my own mentors and professors, mm-hmm. this sudden idea that you're not supposed to be in these spaces. Yeah. Um, and that's something that's been it's it's his, it's something that's been historically pressed upon mm-hmm. us um, ever since we've been in the struggle. And so I think that that's a lot of the feeling 
of doing this, right? Yeah, definitely. I think the imposter syndrome, I'll, I'll get a little personal for a second. So we had the Women's March on, on Saturday. Um, and I left that. I had a lot of stuff going on that, that day because we were doing some stuff at the house. And so I didn't go as focused as I should have. And um, after I did my speech, I felt like I bombed. And so I remember driving back home. And I remember saying, like, why am I doing this? Like, this is not, like, this is not a space for me. Like, why am I getting myself involved? Like, I already have a million things to do. <laughs> like, And so I, I left feeling very, um, very down. And so um, I got literally that entire weekend, I was like, I'm about to have a glass of wine and I'm just going to get over it. And it wasn't until Sunday night that a good friend of mine, um, Benelope, she recorded it. And I finally, I, I was like, did not want to look at the at the video because I was like, I know I, I didn't do as good as I mm-hmm. could have. And I finally watched the video on Sunday and there was a part that I really did like. So I gave myself some credit and I was like, no, like I was like, this is I was like, you could have done better, but you did good. And right. so um, so I had to really kind of motivate myself um, to get in this, uh, you know, to kind of get into this mentality state of like, no, like I could do this. Like, you know, I, I am prepared enough for this. I am you know, equipped enough to do this. Um, and I think as community members, as a form, as a student of Ubanzi, as um, I have all these factors that can only make me a better candidate and could make me a better trustee at the institution. So, um, but it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely something we battle with. Yeah. When you talk about the imposter syndrome and you also talk about something that's been impressed upon uh, during and throughout the struggle, mm-hmm. um, is it from, are you speaking from a woman's perspective or a Latina's perspective. I think oh, both. Or both. Everything. Everything. Yeah. everything. I, I think, think. I think as you know, as as let's start with being just a woman, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's so many more women, and I think just as I mentioned on um, uh, for the women's march, I mentioned that we need to redefine what a woman, who a woman is, right? Because we're talking about trans women and how it is that they experience being mm-hmm. a woman, and so I think that. Even just that, the notion of what it means to be a woman, we're looking at that from the perspective of Eurocentricity, being a white woman. We're not talking about, as we move forward with conversations about what it means to be a woman in different demographics, I think it's always been pushed upon us that we need to act a certain way in certain spaces. Mm -hmm. Like in, for example, academically, they're always telling us you need to dress a certain way, you need to speak a certain way, you need to be um, mindful of the language that you use. And I mean, for me, I'm just like, you know, you can go shove that aside, I don't care. (laughs) I mean, you you get me at this point. No, I get, yeah. And so I think also as being a minority, Mm -hmm. now the difference between Giselle and myself is that there's colorism apparent in our community. I'm a fairer skin compared to Giselle. Mm-hmm. And so I know that within my family, um, I am the lightest of complexions within my siblings. And that's not something that has um, ever been, um, it's never been not not discussed in our family. Um, so I've been told that, you know, oh, Sandy's gonna have it easier because of X, Y, and Z. And that's something that we've been told from the beginning because my parents wanted to make it apparent that, you know, there's going to be things that come with colorism that result from this aspiration of wanting to be closer to whiteness, Mm -hmm. right? 
And so that comes with it too, the colorism aspect. But even just being Latina, you see someone with the last name, someone who is bilingual, all of those factors mount up. And I think that just comes with, again, being in spaces where historically you only see a certain description of the person that should be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, um, I understand. In my, uh, in my quest of trying to be a gainfully employed young black man, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They hire in all kinds of jobs that, I'm not going to name the institution, but <laughs> they hire in all kinds of jobs. But when the brothers get there, there's only one selection of jobs Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying oh they hiring for office assistants and all that over there but you know they you know for some reason brothers can only check the box for the pallet forklift Mm -hmm. and all that um i wonder though is uh in this present day and age how can it be that we we can identify the negativity behind the eurocentric model that we want to see but how can it then be our own people of color who keep perpetuating that and keep mm-hmm. boxing up. How, how could that, how I, can it both I exist? I think that goes back to like decolonizing certain practices and even within ourselves. Um, I think we've been colonized. We've mm-hmm. been, you know, institutionalized in a way. Conditioned. Condition, right. yeah. And mm-hmm. I think it really starts within us doing some self-reflecting of what do we want to dismantle and then what do we want to continue doing and it's a very i'd say at least for myself it's it's been very complicated i mean i i've been raised i've been trained i've been prepared to do things a certain way especially as a woman of color i've been told you need to do this this way if not you're going to be rejected right and but also recognizing that that's colonism i mean acknowledging that you know that's not the way that maybe i would like to do it but right you know it's kind of reality but it, i mean it goes back to decolonizing oneself and I, I think it's a practice of of self-care and it's a practice of also um doing a step-by-step you're right and i'll give a quick shout out to my mentor ulises because he is oh uli verse yeah yeah yeah, yeah shout, out. Been, yeah, shout <laughs> out shout out to uli because shout he's, to uli he's been a really um Good since brother. i started college he's been um one of my uh biggest biggest cheerleaders good yeah. brother good yeah. brother 100 percent brother uh i was we were friends on instagram before i actually met the brother on the corner of broadway broadway and galena <laughs> yeah good brother good brother right there um got a shout out uh, <laughs> camera thoughts. Um, let's talk about Raiz. Yeah. What is Raiz? So Raiz is a program. Raiz. See, I'm going to just start. I'm going to just stop. <laughs> crushed my Hey, at least you're not saying shit. rise. Yeah. Right. Tell me about Raiz. <laughs> what y'all want to raise? Like po- everybody, free work for everybody. <laughs> um, so Raiz is a program um, from Planned Parenthood of okay. It's on a national level, but we have here or program here at the Planned Parenthood of Illinois Center affiliate. It's a program designed by Latinos for Latinos. So um, what we do is that we try to do community work uh, within Latinx, uh, majority Latinx communities where we do work around reproductive health, reproductive justice. Um, but we don't just stick to health. We also 
Um, we recognize that in order for people to be healthy, there's also a whole bunch of other things that we need to address um, mm-hmm. as well. And um, as well as this collective um, freedom that's all tied. I mean, if we want access, quality access to health care, you know, we also need to be um, advocating for immigrant rights and for, um, you know, all these other things and Black Lives Matter as well, especially with everything going on. Um, that has been one of the um, biggest things in our community being that there's a lot of anti-Blackness within the Latinx community. And so addressing some of that racism, like even like Sandra said, with colorism within our own communities. And so um, it's, a, it's a program that's our work is um, here in the Aurora Elgin area. And so um, we've done numerous things. And one of the things is that we established the Quad County Mutual Aid Fund, which was in partnership with the Aurora Rapid Response Team. Word up. Oh, yeah. I'm, um, we've been familiar with y'all. <laughs> we chopped up about Planned Parenthood. Then we did the original anti-blackness discussion because mm-hmm. you had it going. F- I was watching that. I loved it. Oh, the platica that we had? The, yes, the original, like, because the, I spoke to you after you had a professor. Yeah, yes. Yeah, oh, yes. yeah, that was with Raise. That yeah. was with yeah. my yeah. professor. Okay, yeah. that was my oh. very first, that's the first yes. time y'all came on so my that, radar. That, that was, was a good one. I was like, what the hell? That like, was oh, a good one. Tune in. <laughs> yeah, shout out, shout out to Sandra's professor because that was a really good, um, that was actually, we did these, uh, we started doing these partnership platicas with Raise and the Aurora Rapid Response mm-hmm. Team okay. to be able to plug the, the um, immigrant mutual fund okay yeah. all right so, so that was, was it's kind of like original inception beginning kind of mm-hmm. thing there there was uh, one before that yeah. where we were talking about women and immigration yeah okay mm-hmm. and then okay. i think that one followed that mm-hmm. one and so that was with uh, my professor all right that one that one was good that's when i yeah. became a believer i was like you know <laughs> i messed with the uh, rapid response right. team, dr y'all. weffer we gotta get you <laughs> yeah, out here yeah. right. um so now, when it comes to, it's it's for it's by Latinos, mm-hmm. by Latinx, but for Latinx. Okay, um, explain the many um, uh, communities in the diaspora, if you will. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a that's a <laughs> that's a really uh, okay. That's if, a, so. So I think. If I'm interpreting this correctly, are you talking about just the different ethnicities and layers of the Latinx community, or are you talking about more in terms of the issues that underlie underlie the community as a whole? Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Okay. Because um, you know yourself on Planned Parenthood, and I think I asked you in, in the interview that we sat down in is like, is your work controversial within your own community? Right. Oh, you know definitely. what I'm saying? So oh, I'm, so I'm yeah. trying. Uh, Within our own. Yes. I may so, have asked it wrong, but yeah, I'm trying to get right. like the exact yeah. temperature oh, yeah. of the this work. That's why we within... ask clarifying Yeah, questions. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so um, I hope you don't mind. Uh, no, go ahead, go ahead. So even just um, in general, um, the work that we do, especially as we're talking about highlighting immigrant rights, highlighting mm-hmm. reproductive rights, even highlighting um, LGBTQ plus rights, all of those things of itself, if you put them together, they do and they do end up causing some controversy within okay. certain communities. And um, it boils down to um, a lot of the Latinx community is going to be of Catholic faith. Right. Um, and so a lot of that has to do with, well, if you go back to the foundation of it, one, they're not a big 
not big on divorce. That's one thing. Um, two, they are not big on um, contraception. Um, and that also leads to abortion access and being able to get reproductive care. Sure. Um, and then we're also talking about who has access to that because a, a much of Latin America and much of the communities here in the U.S., they tend to be of lower socioeconomic status. And the people who have um, access to those to that care tends to be folks that have more money, have more access to doctors, more direct access. Mm -hmm. And then we're talking to as well, how have those methods of contraception come about? Mm -hmm. They have come about at the expense of our communities yeah. for white women. Mm -hmm. um, examples, mm -hmm. um, for example, when the birth control pill first came about, the experimentation of that was on Puerto Rican women. And that was around the 1930s into the 50s because they wanted to provide something that, I mean, they wanted to test to see that it was viable, that it was safe, but who ends up being the victim in all of that are Puerto going Ricans. to be- Puerto, um, Puerto Rican women, yeah. Yes, um, there's also another example of that um, in California, where we're talking about, again, the same notion of indigenous peoples and all throughout the Southwest trying to, uh, quote unquote, experiment for the benefit of white women trying to control um, their futures. But at the same time, we're also looking at, well, what does that mean for the people that have already been here? We're pretty much exploiting peoples, exploiting women for the benefit of other women. Right. And so we think about just the history of how this need for reproductive care came about. There's no benefit without expense, unfortunately. And that expense is going to be people, um, and this means profit that caters to women. Um, yeah, so I, under I understand now what I, you know, how to clarify that question um, when I asked it. Yeah, I need to be way more thorough with my, <laughs> with my understanding of everything. But that's why I have you guys on to ask these questions. That's why I appreciate it because um, I'm not sure who mentioned it, but, like, um, like when, it, when it, we're talking about being an ally, like, uh, one should try to immerse themselves and learn the subject matter instead of just putting on the T-shirt for a day. Correct. You know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> like that that's not really help like you know that's that's not really like help the trends exactly the trends yeah exactly it, it reminds me last night i saw something i think it was a tweet um and i'm not well versed in twitter i mean i probably should be trying to go into academia because i guess that's where all the there's a lot of good community on twitter <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but um i know i saw this tweet about how um white suburban women and i don't want to sound like i'm bashing on just white women in general but let me just clarify that but i mean just as a demographic that's being looked at as saving this whatever the hell this presidency is mm -hmm. <laughs> um because that's what that's what's being projected is that white suburban women are going to be the ones that effectually continue this uh presidency but what I mean to say by that is, um, going back, it's looking at this notion of 
they do tend to dictate a lot in terms of what we're looking at nationwide. Um, and so I think it's just, um, we do have to be cautious about this demographic of people because they tend to sway one way or the other. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've never had a, I've never had a, uh, a South Korean woman mm-hmm. call the police on me because I'm playing <laughs> basketball on a basketball court. You know, until that I happens, have a I'm a, story <laughs> you know. About that, but. Um, <laughs> but uh I wanted to ask because there is a platic there's a raiz tonight. Yeah, tonight. So we're having a so we have a platica tonight at five PM virtually. It's gonna be live stream on the Facebook of Plant Parent of Illinois Action. Um and so we're gonna be covering manufacturer workers um during COVID. Um and so I know last time I was here, we, we talked a little bit about the impact that COVID had on manufacturing workers due to the lack of preparation, care, everything, everything um, from these employers at the manufacturing factor at the manufacturing um, plants. plants, and so um, that affected and really um, put at risk a lot of members of our community and, and, and neighboring communities. So we're gonna have on this platica state representative Karina Villa, who was a really, really, and continues to be a huge advocate for these workers um, in the Chicago Workers Collaborative, which is an organization out in Chicago, but they do work out in the suburbs um, because they were huge and also advocating for these workers and not just advocating for them, but also training them and um, preparing them for um, how to advocate for themselves because we recognize that a lot of these workers are undocumented and they fear repercussions and they fear um, to be fired. They cannot afford to be without a job. And so they were basically risking their health, risking their own lives um, to continue working. I don't miss working in factories and stuff like that. I am so glad that my mom is done working at factories because they are. Um, it, I think we already had this notion of like factories are like the worst place to work at, and then COVID hit, and then we saw how much manufacturer workers were impacted, and yeah. then now more than ever we're like, my yeah, mom kept no. working straight through. Um, she works at a, I think it's it's a, they it's like medical grade silicone. So they have to mm-hmm. make the parts for it in the plant. Um, and, I mean, sh- I've been told that even during that time, they, so they worked straight through. And even when they had people that had tested positive for COVID, um, she would tell me stories about how they wouldn't say anything. Yeah. The supervisors wouldn't say anything. Um, I think because, one, there's the productivity rate of it, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous when you think about the productivity versus, you know, taking care of your workers. Right. And two, I um, she would ask me about, you know, where can so-and-so go, other family members who are impacted by mm-hmm. their status and also work at these plants, um, where they can go to file complaints because they also don't have union representation. Right. Yeah, I think every time I hear an idiot talking about uh, less regulation, I just think to myself, like, dude, what a moron. Like, if it wasn't for regulations, mm-hmm. you know what people were getting away with in your Haitian and can't speak English? Can you imagine what the hell they thought about your, you know, your, you're 48 years old and you're Mexican mm-hmm. yeah. on this production line? Right. If you lose your hand, yeah, mm-hmm. like, yeah. they will... And not pay you shit. Like, right. regulations, and that's very important. The fact that our community already it does not have right. quality, access to quality health care. Right. Um, and I think, you know, the, the status of the immigration status, I mean, it only worsens the 
the position that they're in. Yeah, negative shout out to Eco Labs. That's <laughs> that's the minus shout y'all get. That's just me though, you know. <laughs> These views do not represent the sisters on the show. <laughs> um, now tell me about the book club. So yeah, okay. So we have a we. I love I love our book club. Um, so <laughs> I don't know about this book or, club. I want to hear about this. book. Yeah. Oh, you got to join, girl. Um, <laughs> I already have so, so many books I have to so read. So this is know. this is a fun read. This is um. So I when I started this, I started this book club um at the beginning of COVID because obviously we were working from home. Um, and I think people really needed uh, a time to socialize with others, even if it was just virtually. And so, but I also wanted to be productive in, in creating it. And so I designed it to be a decolonizer bookshelf book club. So, you know, we read books that um, touch on subjects. The one we're reading right now is touching specifically on queer feminism. And so, um, and all our authors are authors of uh, writers of color. So, um, we only stick to to um, people of color, and our goal is to decolonize our bookshelf. So we meet um, weekly on Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. And so it takes us about a month to read a book. We meet weekly. Um, every month we're, we're, we're switching it out. Um, and so um, it's not late to join. So I will um, send you the link if you want to share already. If one here wants to yeah, join the book the link. Club. We're going to share it out there. We'll put yeah, it out. Yeah. Um, we're always looking um, to recruit this Thursday since there may or may not be a debate. Um, we're going to be <laughs> oh, meeting. That's, oh, that's right. That's Yeah. So if, if our president decides to take. You should watch the SNL. Take oh on yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> if, if he that. decides to take a testing or something like that, I don't know the all the details. If he but, remembers that he took a test, right? Um, there will be a, a debate. If not, then I guess we won't have a debate. <laughs> but um, regardless, we are um, putting together a, a little get together with some of the members of the book club. So um, we now that we're kind of settling into living in the middle of a pandemic, I'm hoping to kind of do some in person, socially distance. Um, get together so um but I, I think it's definitely a place for these volunteers for community to come together um for us to debrief and also um you know learn something together like you know read through something and share thoughts you know especially as we navigate everything that's going on with society um kind of plugging that in as we're reading as we're we're you know navigating all these thoughts um you know it's been uh it's been a really good experience hmm uh, the time is now 8.51 a.m. You're listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. And we are here talking about Riz with our friends Giselle Gonzalez and Sandra Gonzalez. No relation. <laughs> Ours were kind of rocky right there. It was cool. Right, I remember cool when though. we were collecting petitions that yeah. first Friday in when was it? October. Yeah. 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 And we went up to the SciTech um, building and I've never been in that museum, but we went up to the volunteers and I introduced us. I'm like, we're not related. Mm-hmm. And I don't huh. think you had realized the first time that you're like, yeah, oh, I was like, wait. oh, we have the same last name. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Some, you know, some idiots going to be like, they're running to, it's a, Nepotism. It's a fraud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Now let's talk about the QCIM, the Quad County Immigrant Mutual, IMF, Quad County Immigrant Mutual Fund. Yeah. Uh, tell us about this. Yeah. So um, the fund was actually created as a collaboration. Hunt. You me that coffee? Between um, people. the RAIS program and um, the Aurora Rapid Response Team. So uh, back in 
March it was, we had, Giselle actually had communicated to us that they were thinking about doing this collaboration and she felt that because we were already doing the work and thinking about getting around to maybe doing something to be able to help immigrant families in the area that weren't necessarily helped um, by the city government or in any other uh, fashion that we should come up with this fund. And so what we decided to do was we came together and we um, established that families would get up to $500 Um, to be able to help with medical bills or um, partial rent, other types of bills, utility bills, um, maybe even buying, um, for example, diapers or food or whatever that may be. So we were able to do that and raise the funds, and we were able to open up the first application in May. So what it is is that the counties of Kay and DuPage, Will, and Kendall Um, If you live within those counties, so it's not limited to Aurora, um, then you were able to apply for the funds when we opened up the application in May, and we Mm. were able to help eight families. Um, No fluff, just, you know, your name, um, who you are, how do you want it, um, and how much are you asking for, and that was it. Because we felt that we didn't want to... um, discourage people from applying if they were asked so many questions. And so I know that some people might say, well, how do you know that it's going to the person that it's going to? Well, we are of the belief that people tend to um, be honest and with the intention that they are trying to get help. And so I think coming from the mentality that people are going to have Uh, The honesty is policy mentality that people are going to get the help and going to get the funds because it applies to them. That's the approach that we were using, just trying to, in a sense, decolonize this relief effort to be able to help those that are in need. And so when we were able to do that, we were able to help eight families, um, whichever way that they wanted the funds, we then dropped off those funds to the families and um, we're hoping to be able to open up the application again soon. Um, but again, we're just we're a small organization where Aurora Rapid Response Team houses the funds. So we're really trying to get more funds um, to be able to open this up again. Um, but people have said good things, the ones that we were able to help because it was really quick. Um, we, they also indicated how soon do you need it. So that way we were able to prioritize who to get the money to first. Um, and so if they needed it, say, like within three to five days, they indicated that if they needed it the next week, um, we were able to deduce who to get the money to the fastest. Um, and so we're trying to see about raising the funds to be able to help at least five to 10 more families if possible. 10 would be great. Um, But we know that people right now are kind of strapped for cash. Money's going every which way. Um, But we really are fortunate in being able to do this. It was the first fund that the Aurora Rapid Response Team was doing at this level. Um, We've helped other families in the past, but it was more in hearsay. So maybe a family would reach out and um, ask us to be able to help them, whether it be do a clothing drive, um, other necessities, um, 
asking us where the closest food pantry was and assisting them in that, contacting people. But this was really the first real effort with a collaboration of an organization of this size to come to us and ask, hey, we want to be able to do this collaboration with a community organization. Hmm. And I think that's definitely been uh, positive for us because now we're able to do more than just focus on immigrant rights. We're really trying to focus, too, on the aspect of reproductive rights and um, learning more about that and what it means, um, the experiences of women, and also just with everything that happened during the summer, really trying to do the intersectional work. Who are the Latino leaders in Aurora? I think that that depends on who you ask and who wants to be on a pedestal I mean, I you know, tell oh, me the ladies. Uh, it's who, too, it's know? too early, Curtis. We yeah, yeah. You asked me this question this early. <laughs> we gonna we gonna say something, right? Uh, where's I need a sip on something? <laughs> where's the tequila? <laughs> I, I I I truly do believe that that depends on who you ask mm-hmm. and who wants to show off for social media. Yeah. And for certain state officials. Like, we're here because you invited us here and you just saw us. Like, you know, we gave this talk and then, yeah. you know, we're here now. But I, I try mean, to, I try to stay, I don't, I try to stay I, woke just, and replicate. No, and, and, and I, I understand that. It's just it really depends on who you ask because everyone has different perspectives. Like, I, I think we probably know who we think of as people that are that giving truly, their time and are dedicated. Right. But those are often people that don't necessarily see themselves as leaders. Or are overlooked at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there there isn't no such thing as community leaders. I, I, I like the term more there's community organizers because I feel those are the ones truly doing the work. And I think leaders are not the ones we think are leaders. Uh, but oh, that is a whole conversation we can definitely. And I think it also, it, I think it also just goes back to that aspect of imposter syndrome because, right. I mean, I can only speak for myself, and but I can assume Giselle probably feels this way. I mean, I don't see myself as a leader. I just see myself as a person who wants to be able to mm-hmm. shake things up for the benefit of the people that I want to be able to pass that knowledge on to. I'm not. I'm not seeking to help them because it benefits myself. And I never say that I am, um, I help people for the sake of helping people. It's because I want them to learn along with me. Right. And I am always learning new things as I'm trying to gather information for other people and passing that on to them. And I think that's just so, it's just a different mentality that a lot of us carry. Um, and especially in the spaces that we navigate and the other people that we collaborate with, they also have this sense of um, communal knowledge that we're trying to grow in this like pot of knowledge that we're trying to make it so that people are able to um, just share in the wealth. And so I think we just look at it very differently. And if you look maybe... Other people might say, well, this is a leader. This is a leader. Be I'll, able to pinpoint yeah. names. If I can plug in, I think that the wanting to identify who are the leaders or, or putting certain folks in a pedestal, I think that alone is part of the eucentric practices that we want to dismantle um, because it shouldn't be this like 
we follow leaders or, or we have to follow what these folks are saying, but rather it's supposed to be a, a collective community effort of community There's members. always going to be someone at yeah. right. And I think mm-hmm. also like the work that, at least for me, um, it's been it's been survival i mean it's been it's it's i'm fighting for literally um you know my existence the existence of my parents their existence in this country um and so i think it's not so much of um you know what others may be doing um for whatever reasons they're doing it but i think for others it really is a practice of survival and yeah. a practice of that and even, this work is crucial to our existence. And, and so. even if you look at it like that, like I could say that my parents are leaders because they came to this country to be able to give a better, they, but to be able to, one, not only give themselves more than what they would have had in their home country, but two, also making the sacrifice for their future children. Um, and... I mean, their dream, yes, it would have been that the hope of giving their children something better than what they had. But then ultimately, like, I take it and run with it. All right. So here's the thing. I see you. I like action. I see you ladies. You're always out there in the mix Mm -hmm. doing things. Y'all are literally stirring the Kool-Aid. I like that. That, to me, is leadership. So I completely understand what you mean. Like, there doesn't have to be a defined leader. If, you know, if all the geese are flying south, it don't matter which one is at the top of the V. They all mm-hmm. in it. And I've, I've interviewed somebody not too long ago, and they were heavy on who the Latino <laughs> leaders are, and they were throwing out names. And Who'd you interview? We're gonna chop that another thing. That's not. <laughs> y'all gonna, y'all, he said, "Y'all gonna have to Fill look back team. at the episode." Yeah, y'all gonna have to. Yeah, yeah, y'all gonna have to. You know what? Hit the YouTube channel for and more. We said we're y'all leaders, but we're also chismosas, man. Like, y'all, y'all need to subscribe, subscribe. Um, but but here's the thing, though. No, you can't do us like that. I gotta do you like that because she did me like that. She did me like that. We wasn't gonna right, so we we gotta do it like that just for the moment. <laughs> we gotta. Okay, yeah. okay. But we don't. Tell us off, we don't off do record. I got you. So here's the thing. And they, the names that they mentioned were no name. I mean, they mentioned names that I've not heard on the lips of anybody. And I don't see them nowhere. Right. I don't see them. I, what? Mm-hmm. I didn't see this individual at Fiesta's Patrias. I didn't see yes, the homeboy or homegirl at the, at the, right? And, uh, and, and I wonder why that idea of leadership mm-hmm. from a mm-hmm. person in the Latino community is what am I missing? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, what am I missing? Like, that was crazy. You know, he didn't mention. Yeah, I'm like, what do you? I like, where are you at? If we want to, in a way, tie it to the to the work that we did with the Quad County Fund, one of the reasons why I I I wanted to do this this project in collaboration was because I remember having this conversation with my old boss, and I told her, um, and also, and I do want to say that this fund started from seeing the struggles of my parents and my family, which is probably the main reason I do half of the stuff that I do. Word up. Um, but I saw that my parents were working still in the middle of COVID, uh-huh. were risking getting sick. Um, and I knew that if they were to fall ill or if, or if something had were to happen to them, they wouldn't have access to some sort of financial relief and so that and seeing that 
there was a lot of programs going on in Cook County and Chicago, which is something that we see all, uh, often. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of there was a lot of relief funds, a lot of assistance right. going on out there, but it's not reflected here all in the suburbs. And so, you know, um, that was also one of the main reasons why I wanted to do it here specifically um, within these counties. And so, and when I had reached out to the to the rural rapid response team, they were really um, they were down and they were really um, they 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 agree that the help was needed here locally. Um, and to me, as a community organizer, I'd say, where were those leaders at the beginning of COVID to provide some assistance, whether it was on the city level, whether it was coming from the mayor's office, whether it was coming from whatever level, where was the, where were they to provide that assistance, to provide that that help to to immigrant families um, here locally, if there were leaders. Yeah, I yeah. So that is, and that and, and was it, largely it where it came out of, right? It, it, Feeling I'm sorry, the gap. I'm, no, I'm sorry, no, no. and it wasn't up to them um, to do that assistance. It ended up being grassroots community organizers. It ended up being community members who actually put in the work. Um, Sandra and Luma, who actually went out and gave these funds to these folks in need, it was it, it was community members who put this together. It wasn't the supposed leaders of this city. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I stay in the, you know, I stay in the mix. I keep my, I keep my eyes and my ears to the streets. And, uh, the, I saw people that were not the people I was, mm-hmm. the names right. I was being told yeah. was not who was there. I'm yep. like, nah, that mm-hmm. that's not who I saw in that corner that day. And so I think when we think about, you know, the leaders that we have in place, the leaders that are in these institutions, that um, when we talk about representation, too, and they're leaders of people of color, we also need to think about beyond just representation, right? Because mm-hmm. people also come with different interests at stake. And it really boils down to who are the people that are really trying to invest back into their communities. Right. And so just looking at from back in March when this all first started, and thinking about the different opportunities that were um, granted to people and small businesses and um, just the funds that were being allocated every which way, we didn't see enough of, well, what about people that, for example, are houseless? What about people that um, uh, you know, are uh, affected by their migration status? What about people that do not have access to adequate health care? And so these are all different things that at the city level and as we talk about um, elections too, people are going to look back at. And there are yeah, now more organizers that are calling attention to this, that are calling people out, that are looking to seek re-election or are incumbents that are going to say and look back and say, hey, what about the gaps that we needed to fill? Where were you then? And how come is it that you are a, ascribed as a leader, but you're not thinking about who your real constituents are? Time is now 9.07 a.m. You're listening and watching Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. And we are here with our friends from Raiz. Hey, there you go. There you go. The R's are strong in this one. Yes, they are. (laughs) They got better. Um, Giselle and Sandra uh, Gonzalez. So before we go, we started a little bit uh, after. So we're a little bit over. Here's the thing. I got to I got We got to chop up something. I was not going to do this without sitting down and talking. There, not too long ago, um, so there's tent cities, or there are, are rather, um, in different places in Aurora, mm-hmm. um, folks who are indigent and transient are setting up uh, encampments, we'll call them. 
One of them was in the Burlington Northern mm -hmm. Yard, the train yard. You guys were, or I'm, I use that term loosely. Friends that I know as well were organizing a response. I don't want to scribe y'all if I weren't involved. Organizing a response to not have them kicked out mm -hmm. of there. Being a guy who spent a lot of time on ships and unloading shit like that, I've never worked for the railroad, but a lot of my friends do. That is a very dangerous place mm -hmm. for anyone right. to be at who's not qualified. Now, while I, while I stand on the side of those who have nowhere to go, mm -hmm. I do think that the city should remove persons out of the Burlington Northern San Francisco mm -hmm. yard, the train, because that is dangerous mm -hmm. am i wrong for thinking like that no, so you need to no and i think that's a fair thing because no. you don't want people to be hurt be hurt be in dangerous situations however where will they go Certainly. where where will mm -hmm. if they're going to be displaced where are you going right. to house them and i think that was the biggest thing out of all of this was that as we talk about again um our leaders quote unquote um the city didn't didn't provide much assistance with Hesse to be able to um, provide more space. And that was one of the other things, too, especially with COVID. It wasn't the city officials that stepped up to help with COVID and um, Hesse's response to it. Okay. It was another institution. It was the Kane County Sheriff's Office that helped with that mobilization. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and they so, did. Big time too. And, and so there's another example of other folks stepping up where this is a place that's within the city limits, but they didn't do much in response to that. Mm -hmm. okay. And now um, going back to the encampments in the tent cities, um, it was ultimately the city that had removed them. Um, and to be fair, I don't know much beyond where it was that they were placed. Um, and I know that the Folks that were helping with that, um, they did a massive job to be able to provide them with clothing, with um, food, um, making sure that they had blankets because it would, even though it was still summertime, we had a weird summer, so it was still yeah. pretty cold. And so we're talking about, you know, yes, we don't want people to be hurt. We don't want them to be in situations where they do have to be confronted with dangerous situations. But then you also have to think about, where are they going? Where are they being displaced to? Where will they end up? Sure, and uh, and again, that's that's one that's an aspect of it that I definitely um, keep in mind. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not the guy who has to make the calls about residency for the Hesed House, so I will defer to the authorities with that. But I did again, just on the, I I really did believe that there are certain moments that kind of thing would call for extending. Or making an emergency uh, amount of funds available for a Hesed House to extend, because if people are, that's a bad place to be. And that was the, you know, that's not, you know, they should be removed. But I don't want people to be uh, indigent elsewhere. Not trying to just move the mm -hmm. problem. Not trying to put a bandaid on a problem. Mm -hmm. It requires surgery. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Right. Um, this is a good conversation. Damn, this was good. A lot of topics. Yo, we so. chopped it today. Yeah. We chopped it yeah. like out of cheddar. What is just put it through the machine? <laughs> I went and bought the meat one day and didn't have it run through the machine. Yeah. Got clowned at the party. Like, what is 
What's this? <laughs> what I, supposed to... I don't know. Give I'm... it to the dude. Go to the machine. I'm vegetarian. Oh, okay. All right. My, my husband's vegan. Oh. JB, you know what I'm talking about, right? I love, I love arachera. Okay, all right. I, in my so we meat can get... eating life, <laughs> JB, JB and I have, uh, JB has gone, he's gone to cookouts at my house where we've cooked arachera, so it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so, as you ladies know, the show ends on a positive note. Wait, did we forget anything? We talked about the Platica tonight at 5 yeah. p.m. Mm-hmm. We talked about book the book club. We right. talked about the immigrant mutual fund. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to put a plug. Yeah. Uh, the People's Lobby, they are having a bail reform town hall on Thursday at 6. We got to come back to that because I got, <laughs> I, got, I got questions about that. I got questions about that. We got to oh, chop that. We got to chop that. You're going to have to buy um, chop the yeah the People's yeah. Coalition over. Okay, we're going to do that. Yeah, we're going to yeah. set that up. They're going to be a really good fund. I got, I got questions about the bail fund. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's definitely, I, I really encourage you to invite them over. Okay. and Because mm-hmm. I think it's something that not a lot of folks have heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's uh, definitely a thing to have a, a furthermore conversation around. I believe that that... So for I I, su- I support. Just got questions because honestly, what the police have been doing mm-hmm. and what communities have been mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. in regards to ridiculous bail yeah. for minuscule BS, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. The type of bail a white person mm-hmm. would never get mm-hmm. seventy five hundred dollars. So you know, for a rolling stop and an open bottle of alcohol. I don't alcohol. even have that in savings. That's that's <laughs> that is ridiculous. That's tuition. You know, that's the kind of thing my friends tell me. Oh, dude, the cop pulled us over, poured out the Johnny Walker, and mm. fucking let us go. That never happens. Literally, they tow in your car. Yeah. Y'all right? get yeah. <laughs> right? that. Who does that happen to? Right. Right. How many Puerto Ricans are telling that story? <laughs> Not many. You know, um, uh, but the show ends on a positive. We we, we got to do this again. Show ends on a positive note. What is your message, ladies, for the people of Aurora today? So I will say, Election Day is not November 3rd. Election Day starts when you go to vote. Oh, strength. Stay woke. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, that's a... I, I was struggling last time. Now this... Next time I come, I'm going <laughs> to post it or something. Um, I think that it's stand with your community and advocate for your community um, through thick and thin um, because I think it's all glitz and glam when your community is being praised and you want to be in that mix. You want to be praised as well. It's human nature, but you also have to be there to call out people who, who need to be called out. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Be an accomplice, not an ally. Mm-hmm. Word up. Unless, of course... You doing something wrong? Right. Don't be the guy. <laughs> well, you know what might be wrong in one person's eyes might be morally right. True. Word up, and just like that, it's a philosophy <laughs> show. <laughs> um, we appreciate you, ladies, coming on for another episode. Thank another you for interview. having us. Yeah, stay doing the good stuff that you ladies are doing in the community because that's why you've been on so many episodes. <laughs> Duh, because y'all stay doing something like something good all the time. You know. Something good all the time. If you see flames behind us, you know who to call. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, now, I want to say this, though, to uh, another Platica we can do with more members. And if we let's do a let's do a um, anti-blackness in the Latinx community 
discussion of part two of that again. And then also, um, when it comes to the book club, mm-hmm. um, I'd like to read. So I, we follow each other on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to the Graham. All of our <laughs> friends on the Graham. We all Graham here. Um, I see the books that you've posted. Yeah. You've posted a lot of titles that I have yet to read. Yourself and Nick mm-hmm. Thompson. Y'all stay. Y'all, y'all the ones I, I keep my knife sharp with, with the books and everything like that. Shout out to Nick. Um, but yeah, so I'd like to really mm-hmm. get involved with some of the titles that you have on that book. Club. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, we're always recruiting. Folks are able to come in as, as they'd like, as they wish. Um, I know things happen. People fall behind. They don't read, but you still plug in in the conversation um so i'll i'll send you the link people or where they sign up and then that way you'll start receiving emails from me um you know sending you links to the to our blue jeans meeting which is like zoom um but definitely um and if people have any suggestions of what they would like to see um please send them my way preferably like i said we do stick to authors of color so yeah word up all right on behalf of good morning aurora the second largest city's first daily news pod what up? Oh yeah, so it's gonna be live stream on the Facebook page of Planned Parenthood of Illinois Action. Thank you, Juan. Um, so it's gonna be live stream. So just get on Facebook, and um, you're gonna be able to see the platica on the Planned Parenthood. Even if you're at work, tell your boss if if your boss asks why you're not working, like yo, I get to work when I'm ready to do that. It's a platica. Platica going on right now, man. <laughs> Planned Parenthood, tune in, baby. Um, all right. I think that we got all the info mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Sepota translation as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Shout oh, out. and you should plug your dad's yeah, business. Yeah, I yeah. So we, I own uh, George's Carpet Cleaning and Home Services. Um, Curtis, you need a you need your carpets clean, bro. Um, yeah, so, shit. Dan, thanks for bringing attention to that on, yeah, on the so, mic. <laughs> it, it's been um, the people like Danny must I got funky carpet. I keep looking down like <laughs> no. something right, right here. here. Juan is a client of ours. He can, he can, uh, you know, he can, he can vouch for us. But um, yeah, we uh, we've been doing carpet cleaning um, here in the area for over fifteen years. So. George's carpet cleaning. George's carpet cleaning. All right, all right. Shout out to George's carpet cleaning. Shout out to Tripota Sipota Translations. Uh, Grimlin get the carpets cleaned. <laughs> Other than that, all of our friends. I have to say, just in departing. Breast cancer awareness and domestic violence awareness. Once again, you hear us talking about it. Please go out there and support. Help out. Vote, uh, volunteer. Donate if you can. Get the vote out. Go vote. It is your civic duty to vote. If you're watching this show, you, you just, if you can, you just have to vote. If you can, there's services to get you to vote as well if you need to. Um, also, other than that, I'd like to say thank you to Cotton Sea Creative Exchange and shout out to our friends of Visual Arts. And then also um, shout out to Uli. Shout out Uli. Mm-hmm. With that, I'd like to say be blessed, be happy, be safe on this Tuesday. And we will see you all back here tomorrow for another great interview. Peace.